Hello, hello. Welcome back to the One Day at a Time podcast hosted by me, Valerie Fong. I am so happy to be here today. Today we're talking about friendships. In pop culture, there's this big emphasis on romantic relationships and family dynamics, but something that is equally prevalent in our lives, if not more so actually, are friendships and the people that we surround ourselves with at school, at work, at home. Like, I think that the way that we navigate and reflect on our friendships in our 20s is especially interesting because it's really around this time that we begin to see the nature of our friendships changing. And what I mean by that is As you're going through these major life changes, whether that be graduating, starting a new job, moving to a new city, etc., the person that you are today and the person that you will become and want to become is so different than perhaps what your friends in college wanted or your friends from middle school wanted. And because those priorities are shifting, those lifestyle habits, etc., it creates tension and friendship or challenges in a unique way. And the way that we're evaluating our friendships also changes. Standards that might have been set, you know, for making friends in middle school or high school are most definitely not the same in your adult life. And that's okay. That's completely normal. There is also this other layer of challenges in terms of time and distance, right? Making and maintaining friends just isn't as easy in your 20s and your 30s and etc. as it was when you were younger because... As we grow older, there are more and more things that arise, more challenges that arise that require our time and attention. And all of that time and attention that is dedicated on fixing these issues, looking for a new job, moving in, focusing on our relationships, etc., is all the less time and attention that we can spend on making and maintaining friends. And then with this distance issue, most of your friends probably aren't living as close to you as they once did in college or high school, which exacerbates this time issue as well. And so with all of these challenges that pop up in your 20s and, you know, as you grow up, there's this certain degree of intentionality and reflection that naturally happens when you're reevaluating the people that you're surrounding yourselves with. Oftentimes, it's this degree of intentionality and reflection that helps us realize good and bad things about our friends. (laughs) You know, it helps us realize the role that our friends play in shaping our identities, our schedules, or our lives. Maybe you'll notice how immature or toxic certain characters in your life were, or the friends that you maybe kept out of convenience. And other things like what you do and don't value and the people around you and similar themes. And you've probably heard that there's this saying, that our personalities are shaped by the five people that we spend the most time with. This includes our friends, right? And so it's this reason that it's so important for us to keep tabs on who we're spending our time with. We want to consciously be surrounding ourselves by people who truly care about and want what's best for us, uplift and inspire us in our personal lives and our professional pursuits, and exercise nothing but this big loyalty and love towards you. With all these thoughts about friendship kind of bubbling in my head lately, 
I wanted to share some reflections that I've had about friendships as informed by my own experiences making, growing close to, and drifting away from friends over the years, especially this past year, which I won't lie, kind of inspired this episode as I felt like I had a really dramatic summer and fall as it relates to friendships. Um, But I'm grateful for those experiences because they help me better evaluate who I decide to keep in my life. And I don't know, I hope this is helpful for anyone out there listening and going through a similar thing. And given how big the topic is and how relevant it's been, for better or for worse, in my life lately, this episode will actually be the first of a series that I'm starting on friendship. So today we're talking about making, maintaining, and outgrowing our friendships in our 20s. But if you wanted to hear more about drama, jealousy, and other forms of negativity in friendships and how to navigate that, please tune into episode two, which will hopefully be hollowing this one (laughs) if I'm good about editing. But before we jump into it, if you've been enjoying the show so far, please don't forget to leave a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. It really just takes two seconds and it really helps the show. Thank you guys again for listening. I love spending time with you guys. (laughs) When it comes to building meaningful friendships, at some point, you'll probably wonder, are these people, are these friends reciprocating or matching my energy? Are they putting in the same level of time and effort into the friendship that I'm putting into it? I'm someone who loves investing time and energy into people. I lean to the more extroverted side, so I'm happy when I'm around people and I love making new friends generally. The danger in this, though, and something I've learned over the years, is that not everyone is going to be as excited as I am or as you are about a new friendship. To them, you might just be an acquaintance or an artificial friend. The people who you run into the streets and they'll go, oh my god, we totally need to like catch up over brunch, like how is everything, blah 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 blah. But they never really follow up on that. And this happens like every time you see them. (laughs) And everyone has people like this in their lives or are people like this. Like I've definitely been guilty of doing this in college. But where it hurts the most is when you realize that someone that you might have really thought was your friend or poured your heart out to or devoted a lot of your time and energy to might not reciprocate that same level of time, energy and affection and intimacy to the friendship or relationship. And when you really need them to show up for you, they might not. On the other side, I've also been in friendships where I have felt actively overwhelmed by someone else. Something I think that we don't always realize is that everyone comes into a friendship or friendships with very different degrees of expectations for what that friendship should look like. People have different communication styles, conflict resolution styles, and other things like that. And some people might require more or less attention than you, and that's completely fine. But if at some point you feel like there's this lack of balance in the reciprocity of a friendship, right? It's okay to acknowledge that maybe it's not for you and drift away over time. I know I once had a friend whose idea of friendship was texting like 24-7, always being responsive, like immediately. If I responded like 20 minutes late, 
they might be upset or something. And they also kind of loved bump me in a friendship kind of way where they were always buying me gifts and making me feel like I was indebted to them because of that. They were also so protective to the point where they became jealous of other friends of mine or used certain communications tactics to make me feel guilty for not responding to text messages right away or for spending time with other people that weren't them. And if you've ever been in a similar situation, you've probably felt overwhelmed, almost like if you were stuck in a dependency loop with that friend. And I'm really happy that with the help of actually healthy relationships I had with other people and my family, that I was finally able to realize what had been happening and ease out of that not-so-great situation. I think that in order to have a truly healthy and sustainable friendship, there needs to be a balance in terms of energy, the level of reciprocity, communication styles, empathy, this mutual respect, this feeling of support, and a positive influence. The greatest types of friends are the kinds that will uplift you, you know, both in your personal and professional lives. Something else is that social media often makes us feel like we have tons of friends, but the number of followers that you have does not equal the number of friends that you have. And I know you guys know this, but I think for people like myself who spend a lot of time on social media and we're constantly exposed to the digital presence of people, it almost makes us feel like we are actively playing a role in people's lives and vice versa. That often tricks us into thinking that these are actually friends of ours or <laughs> might care about us to some degree, right? If they're like constantly sending us DMs or always in our comment section or things like that. So it's good to sometimes like sanity check ourselves and remember that not everything that's happening online is real life. When we're doing mental inventories of friends in our lives, it's so important to keep those who will actually show up for us in times of need. I have always been someone who is of the philosophy of quality over quantity, that it is better to have fewer friends who you know will stand by your side no matter what than a million friends, real life or online, who don't actually bring you positive value or positive energy into your life. I will admit, though, there is a very specific caveat to this thought, which is my second thought on friendship. That not every friendship needs to be deeply emotional. What I mean when I say this is that not every friend in your life is going to share the same level of emotional intimacy with you. We've got this whole spectrum of friendships, I like to think. Consider how your emotional intimacy levels or levels of information that you are willing to share differs amongst your childhood friends, your college friends, work friends, and people you just talk to on Instagram. Moving from a relatively small high school to a mid-sized college, something I realized in college was this idea of convenience friends. You know, the people that you connect with out of sheer convenience because you're in the same classroom or in the workplace, someone that might be your work bestie or colleagues on your team who sit next to you. People that when you're in a small group, you're all in the same place at the same time, you kind of build this friendship or bond with by default, regardless of whether or not you're actually vibing. And this is by no means bad at all. I think that some friends that you might have initially met out of sheer convenience or coincidence often end up becoming your closest friends, people that you carry out friendships with for the rest of your life. 
But there are also people who you met out of convenience or coincidence that you might just practice a more surface level, unemotional friendship with. The how's your cat doing friend or man, did you see last night's game friends? <laughs> if you're office coworkers <laughs> or if you're at school, people that you might only interact with on social media now or see sporadically when you're back home for the holidays. I think convenience friends are great and they still play a really valuable role in our lives. Most humans, I think, crave some form of connection, and it's nice to have a touch of that connection in otherwise duller environments like work or school. They also offer us the perspective that we need to really appreciate the depth of our close friends. I think that both kinds of friendships, the really close ones that you feel like you're comfortable being emotionally vulnerable with, and also the more surface level convenience friends are important because they enrich our lives in a very unique way. And the really nice, perhaps mysterious thing about convenience friends is that they also have the potential to develop into something more if you really want them to. And while we're talking about how friendships are always undergoing change and have the potential to develop into more or less, the other layer here, and a very specific subset of your friendships, is childhood friends that might still be in your adult life. There are very clear differences to the friends that you made in childhood versus the friends that you have in adulthood. And I think childhood friendships often become more complicated than even adult friendships because there are two sides to it. On one hand, the friends that you made in childhood are almost the most innocent or pure kind of friends. In many cases, you probably met these friends before things like money or status or other socioeconomic standards became a factor. And there's no ulterior motive yet. There's this level of authenticity to it that's really hard to replicate later in life when those characteristics and those factors do come into play. On the other hand, as you guys grow older, you might find that you and your childhood friends are becoming very different people. Your interests, values, and paths in life can end up diverging. And I think that sometimes if they diverge too much or those values, interests, etc. don't necessarily align, that it's okay to let those childhood friendships change or even for us to let them go if they're not necessarily the healthiest for us. And I think to me and to many people, this changing or this fading out of friendships often feels sad, especially because how many memories you probably share with these childhood friends. But at the end of the day, those memories and experiences that you shared do not change. They will be in your heart. They will be in your head. They will always be a part of your life's tapestry. And even if your day-to-day -day connection with them changes, it's perfectly fine to grow in different directions and for the nature of your connection to shift. Oftentimes, these really close childhood friendships you had might even turn into convenience friendships, people who you just stay connected through social media. I'm truly of the belief that the universe has this strange way of ensuring that people who really matter will always find a way of sticking around. And I just know, I just know that childhood friendships that the universe deems worthwhile lasting will last. <laughs> And call me spiritual, call me crazy. Like, I know friendships require effort, time, and a lot of intentionality, but I do think that there's this certain degree of luck to it. And yeah, 
those are my thoughts. <laughs> oh man, now you guys are gonna think I'm crazy basing a lot of these opinions and these thoughts on friendship on pure speculation and feeling and spirituality. But here we are, and here you are listening. <laughs> big thought I had on friendship is that friends will naturally become more or less central in your life as time passes. I feel that growing up brings with it this whirlwind of responsibilities and commitments and this ever-expanding list of people and things that demand our time and attention. And this time and attention is limited, you know? We can no longer dedicate it to making and maintaining friendships as we once could. These things might be your new romantic relationships, which, oh my god, guys, relationships take so much time. It might be family obligations or other personal pursuits like traveling or sports or maybe you want to start a business, entrepreneurship. And all of this is exacerbated by the fact that your friends don't live walking distance from you anymore, and there aren't environmental guardrails that ensure that you're seeing them frequently like you once did in school, where friendships are almost made low effort and high visibility or high frequency. Making friendships is built into the ways that schools are operated. In adulthood, it's the complete opposite. Seeing people requires high effort, and it's probably low frequency because of that. In having a lot of conversations with my friends recently and doing some reflecting of my own, I've started noticing this natural, almost unconscious inclination to practicing this higher degree of intentionality when we're choosing or narrowing down our friends in adulthood, the ones that we choose to keep in our lives more regularly. And this often happens during busier periods of our lives when we're choosing to prioritize family or work or other things that take up time. That being said, there are also moments in our lives like post-breakup or maybe even in retirement where we might naturally crave more friendship or a higher frequency of seeing our friends. The point I'm trying to make is that the friends that we keep in our lives and how many of them we keep in our lives will always vary with our ever-changing needs, expectations, and capacity for friendship. This point leads us perfectly into my last thought on friendship, which is knowing when it's time to move on or knowing when they're not serving you anymore. I want to preface that I mean this specifically in relation to friendships that were once healthy. If you want to hear more about dealing with negative, toxic, or abusive forms of friendship, please tune into my second episode on this friendship series. This one is more about friendships that are healthy at first, but you kind of grow out of. In his poem, Nothing Gold Can Stay, Robert Frost talks about the fleeting nature of beauty and youth and life. Gold, in his poem, being a representation of things that are pure, precious, or beautiful. Things that Frost claims can't last forever. I'm convinced that while some friendships may last a lifetime, not all friendships do. And I think the biggest sign that you've outgrown a friendship is when you feel like you're changing fundamental parts of who you are just to keep the peace, avoid conflict, or stay friends with someone. You might feel like you're always walking on eggshells, 
sacrificing your own thoughts or opinions for a relationship that isn't fulfilling. You might feel like your friend's priorities and values don't really line up with yours anymore. And when I say this, I don't mean don't make friends with people who have different opinions than yourself. I think that's actually a really necessary thing to do in order to build open-mindedness and to continue educating yourself on different opinions and perspectives on the world. What I do mean is, if you don't feel comfortable expressing maybe divergent ideas or values, or you don't feel safe expressing your true self or being your true self, situations like these, they can be emotionally draining and it's healthy for you to question whether or not that emotional sacrifice that you're making for that friendship is truly worth it or not. This internal conflict can lead to feelings of frustration, resentment, and a sense of unfulfillment in the friendship. Recognizing when a friendship is veering into this more unhealthy territory is really important. It's a clear signal that it's time for you to reevaluate the dynamics of your relationship with this person or people. And at the end of the day, healthy friendship should provide you a safe space where you feel like you can be your authentic self, express your thoughts and feelings, and know that regardless of what they are and whether or not those opinions are different from your friends, that you are going to be accepted or at least made to feel safe. And while some compromises are a normal part of any relationship, you should never feel like you have to compromise on your core values, beliefs, or identity in order to maintain something. There are 8 billion people in this world, guys. Like, friends will always be coming and going. And it's perfectly fine to acknowledge that not all of them will be there forever. I think, similar to romantic relationships, you really shouldn't just settle for mild feelings or anything less than people who genuinely make you feel supported and uplifted. Again, friends will always be coming and going, but... In the age of the internet especially, where everyone can be connected so easily through a few taps, I promise, I promise, I promise, the ones that truly matter, who truly care about you today, tomorrow, and 30 years from now, will always somehow manage to stay or find you whenever, wherever they are. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of One Day at a Time. If you liked it, don't forget to leave a rating and review. I don't usually do episode dedications, but this episode is special because I really wanted to call out three of my best friends who have really shaped the person that I am and have taught me about what a healthy friendship looks like. Thank you, Max, Sam, and Elisa, who... Despite all of us living in different states over COVID and since graduation, I have managed to talk to every single day for the past three years. You guys remind me that a healthy, positive friendship is selfless, honest, consistent, fun, empathetic, respectful, and loyal. Again, my name is Valerie, and I'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye!